What's up, guys? Hey, what's up? How are you? I'm doing well. So, technology and stuff. Um, a couple years ago, the three of us sat around. Sure. I can't remember if somebody else was with us, but we sat around different contexts talking about game bandwidth product. Um, and it was, a, I think, that episode in a different life. A lot of people had a lot of good questions. They learned a lot, but I think it's probably important. There's, you know, everything's always in a state of transition, but it's always good to go back to some basic fundamentals, right? And it's the only thing that matters are the fundamentals. Right. I think we divorce ourselves from fundamentals all the time. Yeah, that's a pretty, so, that's a pretty fair statement. The only thing that matters. Well, how about this? In technology, the only thing that truly matters are the fundamentals. You know, take a look at what happened to, for example, Boeing, right? They went from a company where the, all of the executives worked, basically where the plant was, very engineering focused, mm -hmm. made brilliant products, to let's go put the executives somewhere where there are no planes being made. Mm. That's and a bad idea. Let's put people in charge that don't have even a STEM background, mm. right? And so what happened? You lose track of your fundamentals, and then you have a 737 MAX that falls out of the sky, right? Gravity sucks sometimes. Gravity. Definitely. Gravity's amazing. Without it, we would be drifting somewhere much yeah. colder, like thank, Chicago. Thank you to Archimedes. <laughs> Eureka. Um, yeah, game bandwidth theory, man. Is that what we're talking about? You want to get right We are. It? We are. I wanted Simon to kind of give us a refresher on... Um, he talked you know, about the, the Pony Express. Yeah, the zero, was it zero, one, and infinite? Infinite? That infinite. was a totally different that conversation. Was, was that a different yeah. conversation? Zero, one, and infinity. There was, was a completely different carrier pigeons, and there was... The plane hacking. You hacked a plane. Well, you didn't hack a plane. No. Wow. It could be done, though. <laughs> it could be done. It could be done. Really That's scary. Bad. Can we talk about that? Is that a Probably thing we can talk about? We, <laughs> we just threw Boeing under the bus once. Let's right. not do it twice. But it doesn't have to just be their planes. I mean, it could be, it's just, it depends on the, how they set the network up on the plane. That's yeah. the issue. And a lot of times it isn't set up well, which you demonstrated live on a plane. Mm. Wish it was only a lot of times, pretty much all the time. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, so we're not talking about that. We're not gonna talk about hacking we're, a plane. We're talking about carrier pigeons. We're talking about carrier pigeons. We're not talking about zero, one, and infinity. Zero, one, and infinity is a design pattern. Got it. Yeah. So that's a different different kind of uh, a realm. We've had a lot of great conversations about this stuff, but so game bandwidth, game bandwidth, canary pigeons. Is it? There's a lot of context. There's things that are changing right now, and people are doing what I would think are some okay things to do. Some of them are insightful, and some are just kind of head scratching as being generous. Like, why are you doing that? Why are you? setting money on fire. Yeah. Well, the reason why is because of a lack of understanding of the fundamentals, which is That's what I keep on coming back to, right? If you talk about technology, right? If you don't understand the science behind what's going on, every decision that you make will be flawed, guaranteed. Hmm. Right? Because if you don't grasp the underlying either physics or math or whatever, right? You're just gonna just be doing things that you think make sense, which may not add up, right? Do physics change? Some forever telling people we're not defying physics. We're not defying physics, but sometimes I almost wonder, can, can you defy physics? Well, you can probably expand on existing models, right? Mm -hmm. You can get somewhere there, right? But I'll give you a simple example of something where, you know, people they don't understand fundamentals and come to very bizarre conclusions. Mm -hmm. 
Every house has an electrical panel, right? It has a certain number of amperage coming in. It goes into the panel, it distributes, the panel has breakers on it, and then it distributes the electricity to your house, right? Right. And in this present world of COVID going on everywhere, what's happened? Everyone is now stuffing their house full of electronics, mm -hmm. right? And so you start running out of power, right? Not enough amperage, start blowing breakers to that. So everyone now wants to start plugging more things in, adding breakers to that. And you will not believe that every single licensed electrician that I talked to mm -hmm. all came back with some kind of strange concept regarding the number of breakers in the panel and its relationship to the amount of current being delivered from the power company in the messengers. Like they all say something, every single one of them, licensed electrician, said something to the extent of, oh, your panel is only 150 amps or your panel is only 200 amps, so you shouldn't have too many breakers on it, which are like, you know, this many of amps, because when you add up all those breakers, that that might be like, you know, bad. But like, this is a complete fundamental lack of understanding as to what's going on. The breakers are only there to protect the cable that it's connected to. Right? And when you reach peak, it flips. It flips. Right. So you've got this panel, and it's got a 200 amp breaker coming in. What's that to protect? Well, the panels you know, itself and the messenger lines coming in, right? Mm -hmm. You've got you know, 20 amp, 15 amp, 50 amp, whatever breakers on the panel. What's that to protect? The cables going out of the panel, right? Mm -hmm. Adding up the breakers has nothing to do with the input. Yet every single licensed electrician that I talked to, every single one, and I, I did like six or eight of these, and I kept on talking, and I'm just, after a while, it almost became a game. Like, I wonder if this guy is gonna say something like, and it's just like, dude, these numbers, they have nothing to do with one another, but it feels good to add them up, right? But it's a fundamental lack of understanding, and that's a really simple thing, and why is this a problem? Because in COVID age right now, right, you're going to have people that basically say, well, you probably shouldn't add that breaker there. What are you talking about? That's the purpose of the breaker. That's the whole point of the distribution panel. <laughs> the whole point of the distribution panel is so that you can oversubscribe the messengers. Lack of funda fundamental lack of understanding. I actually and just ran into this and pervasive. You're going through remodel, right? Well, I've, I've got, I, on the side, I play around with real estate investment. Mm -hmm. I play around, I've got a couple rent houses. I've got one that I'm in the process of selling. The one I'm in the process of selling right now that just exited the option period. So it looks like it's gonna go through, but there's always a negotiation point. Everything's always a negotiation. Right. So completely remodel this house, except for I didn't change out the panel. Mm -hmm. Panel's a little bit older, but you know, it's not a huge house. And to Simon's point, there's plenty of space. It's, it's all still within code. And their electric came out and said, the breakers exceed what adds up for what's coming in from, from the utility company. I went, huh? So? And they came back and said, we want $3,000 off to sell the house to replace that, or we want you to replace this. You, should, you, you know what? Say, you get your own warranty. If it's going to push the deal through, if it's going to push the deal through, do what you want to. You should, you should have them uh, put the credit toward uh, education. 
to learn about this. what Khan Academy or at, to learn at a certain about point. This is for. My goal is to sell the house, right? My and to sell it for a certain amount of money and profit, not to argue with people that don't understand, including right. the electricians. Yeah, I part of it. I sometimes wonder if the plumber and the electrician they're just could be you know could be that you know that they're simply leveraging the fact that most people don't understand right could be any number of things but it's utterly ridiculous now what happens when you fill up your breaker panel ah well then you start getting you know duplex and triplex breakers or then you can also invest in uh in replacing the panel but i'll tell you i just ran into this situation recently right the panel uh had 16 slots mm. okay eight slots on either side mm-hmm. right and the original breakers you know the the, the 240 amp breakers mm. sorry 240 volt breakers right they were double slot good right so mm-hmm. if you have a 240 volt breaker and it's double slotted then that means that you typically you take you know the two conductors right mm. one for each one of the phases right connect to it and off you go but you can buy a triplex breaker mm. which has four conductors that plug into it, the center two conductors are the 240, and then you get the 120 on the top and the 120 and below. And so if you do that, all of a sudden the 16 slots, they basically become 32, right? So if you just rip out all those breakers and you put them all with with triplex breakers in, you're good. And that's another thing that, you know, the electrician will come by and say that, oh, let's go actually, do three, five thousand dollar upgrade, right? I actually like, do need nah. to make a note of this because actually, <laughs> I, yeah. I, it's twenty seven dollars. I, I just did a for a, a triplex for a triplex breaker. I just did a uh, and how much is it installed with a licensed electrician? Well, first of all, you have to find the licensed electrician that can add. <laughs> That's not part of the test. Guys, we do, lo- we do like electricians around. Well, I was going to say, I don't, I want, I definitely don't want it to come across like yeah. we're the snootiest people in the world because that that's who wants to watch those assholes talk about technology. But um, <laughs> I do think that's that's great information. I did not know that. I know you could do that with with the break. Yeah, and you know it plays right in hand with what we were saying before, right? Because I thought I was going to have to buy a brand new panel. Yeah, that was the thing the guy told me. He's like, yeah. you're full. You got to get a new panel. Yeah, and, and that's like a nine. 10 grand to get a new panel. Well, not only that, you got to call the power company uh-huh. if you want to do it safely, right. right? Unless you're going to do a live you have to, you have to pull yeah. a permit yeah. Yeah. with the city, yeah. pay your taxes, right. all those blah, things. Blah, blah, blah. Right. So. right. It's like a it's a major project. I didn't realize that was a thing. So, so we're we're turning this into a home remodeling course. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Granite countertops. You're doing a remodel and you need to fix your breakers. Your COVID remodel. It is amazing, though, how much money people... Have you seen Home Depot and Lowe's? They've just been crushing it for the last 18 months. Well, no one's vacationing. Yeah. And everyone's at home. So it's like if you're not vacationing and you're at home, what would you most likely spend that money on? Um, I think my new breaker panel because your electrician gave you terrible information. You could do that. (laughs) That's what you would spend. Due to lack of fundamentals. I would probably... My best investment could be putting RXG into my home. Mm that somehow does not allow home improvement TV shows to be on. Mm. <laughs> that would also be. Because I think ultimately that's the big driver. Mm. Everybody's up, watched everything else on Netflix, so they just watch all the home improvement shows and buy paint. too many ideas. Yeah. 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 All of a sudden, everybody wants to put header beans in every room. So game bandwidth product. Yep. Game bandwidth product, right? So fundamentally, uh, let's just stick with it from the perspective of wireless for mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. right? Sure. Um, the idea is that the further you go, the less throughput your mechanism is going to have, mm-hmm. given a steady state 
level of technology, hmm. right? Now, so if you basically take gain, which you can think about it as distance, right? More power, less right? power. And you kind yeah. of multiply that by you know bandwidth or your throughput, so to speak, right? Something like that, right? That becomes like sort of like a constant, so to speak, mm -hmm. right? Until someone invents better coding, the technology gets better. In which case, then that constant increases, and everyone that's playing this game, right, can either go further or you know put more stuff through it or some combination of something like that, mm -hmm. right? So what does this mean? This means something that you intuitively know to be true. If I have my cellular telephone and it is talking to a cell tower, which is two miles away, I can get 20 megabits per second on a really good day, something like that, 50 megabits per second, given the current you know, LTE, 5G, whatever you've got going on, right? Reason why I get that, and it's not something like 300 megabits per second, which I could get with Wi-Fi, is because the Wi-Fi radio is 10 feet away from me, mm. right? And so we all have this experience. We all intuitively know this. But the important part about this is that it's critical to apply that to every decision that you make with technology because people will have a very strong tendency to market to you things which violate this fundamental principle, hmm. which is exactly like the panel, right? The electrical panel, mm -hmm. right? Because it's like, oh, well, you know, if you add these numbers up, it's magic, and it, it feels good and sounds right, but it's complete nonsense. It's completely wrong. They're, they're independent quantities, man, right? Unless you're going to pull sustained current, then there's all sorts of, of but like basically they're, they have nothing to do with one another. And when you, even though you know that this is the case because you're not thinking about it, because you're not applying yourself, you're not applying the fundamentals, then you're going to make all sorts of crazy mistakes with it, mm -hmm. right? And so what you should just simply fundamentally always remind yourself with respect to wireless is, is this thing that you intuitively know. If I'm going to go a really long distance, the amount of stuff I can stuff through that long distance is going to be less than if I go a really short distance. If I want to communicate with that new rover we have on the Mars that has its friendly helicopter next to it, right? The amount of data I can put through that pipe is going to be tiny. And so if I want that video of that Martian helicopter flying, it's going to take a really long time to transfer it. Very long. Because it's a really huge distance. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's and not around the block. It's this fundamental concept that we all intuitively know to be true. It's really just amazing how often people just forget. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's like magic. You know, you know, so this new thing is invented can violate this principle. And, you know, it, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> it never works like that. Yeah. But when, they, but when you see the marketing for it, all of a sudden you see things like 5G's out there. In 5G, people get in their head that this is going to go a really long distance. And sure. Same distance 4G went. <laughs> yeah. It depends on the spectrum, right? Yeah. And the spectrum is so. going sure. to make a determination on how far you can actually push that. So yeah. I mean, I would say that most people remember or still still even have AM radio somewhere in their car. Sure. That's still it's a radio, it's so it's I think RF. every car has AM radio in it. Except yeah. electric cars. Electric cars don't. No. Yeah. Drive train interference. That's evil. 
There's, yeah. some, there's some really great nonsense on AM radio. There you can, is. You can catch like truckers and all kinds of great weird crap out there. <laughs> like what? I, I can't really think of anything off the top of my head. But I thought it was all Politico talk. Um, Maybe a baseball game. Yeah, that's right. Baseball games. That's true. It, they're back. They're back. They even have fans in the stands. Like real ones, not the cardboard, not the cardboard ones. Um, at least here we have fans. Mm. I think we, as a general area, got slapped on the wrist by society for having max capacity at opening day. Ooh, yeah, you so, can't. That yes. sounds. That sounds. El Jefe, El Jefe said you should not do that. Ah. Well, and did it anyway. Did it anyway. Kind of that, it's kind of the Texas did, thing, right? Yeah, it didn't implode. No, so it's, it's fine. I'm sure it'll be fine. It's fine. So I'm not picking is a it side fun? in it. Is I'm it not fun? picking a side in anything. I'm very much just Switzerland. Leave me alone. Yeah, gotcha. I want to be Switzerland. Gotcha. It's a beautiful country. Have you been? I have. I've not been. I was in Iceland. That was pretty great. Mm -hmm. Spent uh, a few days in Interlaken once upon a time. Mm. Yeah. Fun place. Did you ski over there? I did not. It was uh, during the summer. Oh, but, uh, it was, that would make uh, it difficult. Though I do understand that there is a giant glacier up there yes. that you can ski in the summer. I never tried that. Not during that the glacier. summer? Yeah. It's be like going down ice though, wouldn't it? I don't know. It's no fun. I've done that in New York before. Yeah. It was all ice. It was not fun. I have done that up at Whistler and it was uh, pretty cool. Sometimes yeah. it does have blizzards up there in June. Fun pictures I have from that. I have nowadays you can do it indoors. I have skied. <laughs> Wait, you can ski indoors in Whistler? Uh, no, at a, in New Jersey, actually, of all places. You can ski in, indoors in Jersey? Yeah. Like a big indoor snow mountain? It's, yeah, it's the biggest one, I think, uh, at least in North America. And it's, it's in a shopping mall about 20 minutes outside Manhattan. How, how big is the run? Is it like a. About a thousand foot, something like that. Okay, that's, okay. that's, that's like a beginner hill kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. I did ski Whistler. That was pretty amazing. That was a that was a that was something. And it was like an like forty five minutes to an hour if you took your time going through the like carving through the trails. It was pretty dope. I like to get up there. It was really really cool. People up there were really nice as well. A lot of uh, Australians. <coughs> yeah, That's odd. it was like the all the workers were from Australia. They have like an exchange program or something. I feel like I don't know. That's true. Yeah, what do they? Actually. What do the Canadians go and do um, in Australia? That's a great question. I don't know. They learned how to navigate the outback. They learned that everything in Australia will kill you <laughs> if, you, if you take your eye off of it. Yeah. Uh, I have no idea. That's a great question. I didn't ask, but I was just, it was kind of like, man, you have, a, you have an accent too. Like you also have an accent. It's like, yep. It's like, wow, there's a lot of Aussies up here. It's kind of unusual. Hmm. So actually most of the ski resorts, they're, their seasonal workers mm. are like college students from yeah. the Southern Hemisphere because it's their summer. Yeah, that's a good point. So if you go skiing, like most that's ski resorts in North America, you'll end up with people that are running the lift that are from like Argentina and stuff like that. It's pretty common. Hmm. So we were talking about game being Sorry, yeah, products before skiing. So some examples from the past, because kind of skipped over a little bit of that. The easy way to think about it is, if I gotta carry something a long way, you use the Mars rover, but something maybe a little bit more within our own planet would be carrier pigeons. Sure. Carrier pigeons gotta carry a note. They can't carry a lot, but they could go forever. They can go for a long they, distance. Or right? maybe even an African swallow can migrate and carry a coconut type thing. It's a great money python. I'm just sneaking that one in there. <laughs> it's 
one of my favorite movies ever. Uh, so, Carrier Pigeon? Carrier Pigeon. So Long distance. What, what would you compare in our present day communications a carrier pigeon to? AM radio, anything in, in IT world, what would be that carrier pigeon? That we actually use? <laughs> I mean, you could definitely say that you know, yeah, it's something like an AM radio or it's something like any of, you know, a cam radio type, type things. But we, most of us that We are, still use ISDN at all? No. You know, most of us that are doing commercial solutions, especially for wireless, right? You know, yeah. none of those really technologies really, you know, they don't really matter to us, right? You know, in terms of like really long distance wireless, right? The, the, the thing that we mostly use these days is going to be the public cellular network, right? Okay. Right. That's something where you can go miles with that. That's right? going to be your sub six bands, yeah. a lot of like a T-Mobile's network. Something what they're like building that. Yeah. out on. Like that, right? You're not going to get the five G speeds nope. that a Verizon or AT and T that are doing ultra wideband are doing, nope. but you're going to get greater distance. Get huge distance. You're going to get distance, big yeah. distance benefit, and you're going to get 100, 200 meg. Yeah. That's then, our modern day carrier pigeon. And then uh, something similar to that would be like a. Some of the wireless ISP, you know, products that you can buy, yeah. right? Like five eight stuff. No, like nine hundred megahertz no. stuff, right? LoRaWAN. Like, you know, like you know, LoRa would be a great example. But actually, you know what? That is the perfect example. The modern day carrier pigeon is probably LoRa. That yes. stuff, you know, I, I held it in my own hands, and I, we, you know, we took a car, drove it down, and it was like half a mile. Mm -hmm. Right, and this stuff way you know it's it costs like twenty bucks, right? Mm -hmm. So you can get a really low bandwidth signal, uh, very low throughput signal, I should say. Uh, you know, going half mile for like twenty dollars. So that's a great carrier pigeon. Yeah, right? and that's for IoT yeah. applications. Yeah. Low like bandwidth, ch not real chatty. You know, they just sensor squeak, data. squeak every now and then. Sensor yeah. data. That's about it, right? So that that would be a great like kind of example of that, of that kind of a thing. And then at the all the way other end of the spectrum is, of course, you know, our latest, greatest, most fun Wi-Fi stuff, like the Wi-Fi 5, Wi-Fi 6 type stuff, which, mm -hmm. you know, if you change your distance by like 10 feet, it, even that has a dramatic change in the amount of throughput that you can get. Uh, just before I came here, actually, I, I ran and did this little test. Um, I have a, in my garage, I actually put a, a Wi-Fi 6 AP, you know, a very expensive one. Commercial. Line. Commercial solution. Commercial right. solution. $1,300 AP. Uh, yeah. right. And I put it, uh, so my car is parked in the garage. I put the AP right above the, uh, the driver's side headlight. Okay. Right? So you can imagine it's up there on, on the ceiling. And I took my laptop and I put it square center on the hood, which was pretty much the only stable place I could get on the hood because of the slope and this and that, right? So it's uh, going from the ceiling down there, you know, it's not that, maybe five feet, right? Nothing in between, right? And I got 33 megabytes per second sustained throughput. It's transferring multi-gigabyte file, okay? I took that laptop and I moved it to the roof of the car on top of the driver's side, not the center, right over the driver's side. It dropped to like, 26 megabytes per second. I took that laptop and I put it on the center of the trunk, right above the spoiler, right, the only other stable place. You want to guess what it dropped to? I don't. 
19 megabytes per second. So this is another great example, right, of this gain bandwidth product principle, right? Using exactly the same technology, all I did was move my laptop linear distance of maybe 10 feet. And I went from 33 megabytes per second to 26 megabytes per second to 19 megabytes per second. Same tech, same connection. And that's not influenced by the pattern that's no, coming no. out of the AP? Well, yeah, you know, it's got one of those, you know, beam forming this, that, whatever. But I let it sit there. And of mm -hmm. course, it bounced up and down while it found the correct radiation pattern. And no, I wasn't doing crazy things like turning on, you know, microwave ovens, trying to, you know, influence the results or anything like that, right? And there was nothing in between. This is my garage, right? So above mm -hmm. the car, there was nothing, right? Clean air. Right? Mm -hmm. Clean, everything's clean. And I did that because I knew that you wanted to talk about this. And I was thinking to myself, well, what is the, the simplest example that I can just show that maybe everyone would really get? And that was this, right? I just moved my laptop. Yes. Right? So all I have to do is I have to just move, and then all of a sudden, the results I get are dramatically different. 10 feet. That's almost nothing. Yeah. Right? And that's a commercial grade AP commercial versus grade. the one that a lot of people put in their homes when they're upgrading, yeah. putting all this yeah, these I new mean, electronics in their houses. Yeah. And they're putting one single AP to try to cover two floors and going, oh, there's a wall in the way. Mm -hmm. Actually, most people don't even know there's a wall in the way. They just, there's the magic of RF. Everybody thinks RF is magic and penetrates through everything. It's, it's the it, oddest thing. Doesn't it go right through concrete? Uh, how about work? steel? Steel? Yeah. Right, keep, through keep. water, trees? Water, trees, sure. <laughs> Anything no that problem. causes a reflection. Yeah. Yeah, almost invite people sometimes to go watch an old, a bad uh, sci-fi show where they were bouncing lasers off of mirrors and stuff like that to mm -hmm. hit a trick shot. RF's gonna bounce around once it hits something that's solid. Mm -hmm. It's gonna bounce around or it's gonna die. It gets True. absorbed into that. So, all right, so we were talking about 5G, a little bit. A little bit. A little bit, but there's different levels of 5G. So, and I think people get, unless you're really in an in industry, people get confused about this, right? Yeah, so, like 5G we were talking magic. about 5G is <laughs> magic, 5G is everything, 5G, and then brought up T Mobile there in a sub six spectrum. Mm -hmm. Might be worth it to define what's sub six and what's millimeter wave, real quick. Well, I think. Uh, Rather than getting into too much detail about that, I think you should, the simple thing that you should understand is, is that 5G doesn't mean one thing, no. right? There's actually multiple implementations mm -hmm. and it's all under this one word umbrella of 5G, mm -hmm. right? And different people, when they say 5G, they mean completely different things, right? They do. One person that says 5G might mean something which is sort of sensible, which is to say that you kind of replace the 3G, the 4G, you know, the older stuff that did long-range cellular with this new 5G, and then you get a little bit faster. In fact, probably in a really good case like double. Right? Then you've got the other people that are saying 5G, and what they're talking about is uh, the use of an entirely different spectrum, mm -hmm. something like you know, 50, 60 gigahertz, right? Ultra high frequency stuff, and so then you can get ultra wideband, right? Mm -hmm unbelievable amounts of throughputs for really short distances, mm -hmm. which fits exactly with what we were talking about, right? If you want a lot of throughput, you want a lot of bandwidth, you gotta go short distance. Yeah. If you want to go really long distance, you can't do that. 
right? And so they're talking about getting things like 50, 60, 70, 100 megabits per second with 5G. And yes, that's true, but it will never go through a window. And it will only work in a few places where you can afford to even put that equipment, mm. right? Because unlike the Wi-Fi technology, which is designed to be affordable, right? The, the radios we're talking about to kind of do that flavor of 5G, the high frequency stuff, it's not, affordability was not really uh, number one on their design criteria. In fact, it's a, in fact, uh, a lot of people that sell that stuff would probably uh, appreciate the fact that it is quite expensive as quite. it helps relieve quota, right? Yeah, quota is a big driver. The driver. The why, driver. Why, why is 5G so misunderstood? Is it just like it's the next thing, so it's just like it's going to silver bullet everything? I think it's misunderstood because we like it when people misunderstand things, right? This is exactly what I was talking yeah. about with the electrical panel. Yeah. Expectations it, are yeah. created. In, intentional yeah. expectations are created. And, and 5G is kind of one of these weird ones because I think um, it also has represented there's been a, almost an arms race with it not just between carriers, but even geopolitically, right? We've, we've seen that with the stuff with Huawei and, and yeah. others over, sure. over the past couple of years. But um, uh, it's, I, th I think there's a fair amount of people that want it to be misunderstood. Be and not, not necessarily misunderstood, but they want it to represent everything's faster, faster, faster all the time, because all we, silly people care about is I want to do things faster. Mm. I can't do, you know, people blame VR's adoption because it's not fast enough, right? You, well, that, we you sense things. A, you have to wear a, a, an encyclopedia book on your face. That's the other, well, that's the other reason it didn't take off. It's horrible. It's, it's that, but even if you could contextually see things in real time like you're supposed to, it t takes a ton of bandwidth. And you know, you're not going to walk around on a 5G network right now, no matter how fast you make it. If you're sitting under an ultra-wideband antenna, you're not going to watch the Super Bowl in VR. You're just not. There's not enough bandwidth and processing right there in that little form factor. Or am I, am I off my rocker? No, absolutely. So, it's, uh, in, to a large extent, you really think that's but, more about the network and not about the fact that you just yeah, have a clunky piece of crap on your head. That's what I was going to say. Like, it was actually, because I feel like that the network, yeah. not not taking that away. In order, yes, you do need ex excessive power in order to really make that a thing. But well, maybe bad example. But from a marketing perspective, what was the first things people started talking about with five G? Yeah. I'm going to do remote surgery. It was like remote, yeah, autonomous everything, cars, trucks, remote surgery. Yeah. Yeah, the awful. network is not the problem, which yeah. is what you're saying. Right? Yeah. So you want to go do autonomous surgery. Yeah, knock yourself out. Let me tell you, the network is not the problem. <laughs> it's, there's a lot of things that are problems. Mm -hmm. right? network, it would help, but the fundamentally. Network, network's not yeah. the issue. But if you could do all, get all these other things right, then you could potentially do this. And what does that invite people to do? Invest billions and billions of dollars into building this new infrastructure, right? Which I'm, I'm not saying that there's not a use case for 5G. I'm down, downtown Dallas, there's ultra wideband. I get on time and it's super fast, it's super cool. It's great. It's awesome. But when I go jogging through downtown here and I end up in the next neighborhood over that doesn't have the 5G ultra wideband radios on the lampposts that are, you know, they're significantly lower to the ground, Simon's point. Can't put them up on big towers because they can only go a short distance. But 
I don't really notice a difference in my day-to-day life. So use case-wise, it, it's, it's a little bit, I think, overstated right now. Marketing. Is it, it could be the marketing. Is, but the marketing, is it the marketing departments are the ones that are doing it? The marketing par- departments lead everything. They do. They do. you got to create a demand for something. That's true. Right? That's true. Whether or not it's got a net benefit. And I'm not saying, I, I do think that 5G has a benefit to it, but I think probably a better way to say it is 5G has been positioned over the last few years as the one RF t- technology to rule them all right and the reality behind that is that's a really bad idea yes there's a lot of other technologies that have a use case that ultimately drive down costs it's lower cost per bit it's a better in-user experience whether it's commercial or residential business consumer grade stuff there's a combination you're putting together a puzzle and a lot of the marketing around is we get here first we do this first this is the best thing ever mm-hmm. until the next best thing ever comes along. Right. It also reinforces like the silver bullet that I think the tech world suffers from so much. Yeah. We're it's always like, looking. ah, this finally we got the thing. Now all of our problems are solved. And it's like, nah, it's still not, it's still not going to be the one thing. It's, it's a piece of the pie. It's not the whole pie. Yeah. On the other end of it, the unlicensed, we're starting to see different, uh, geographies adopt six gigahertz for Wi-Fi. Mm. It's still in ratification stage with the FCC here in the States, but I think it's India, Brazil, and a couple of others have said, yep, six gigahertz, we're given this basically a thousand gigahertz worth of contiguous bandwidth for Wi-Fi. What do you think that's gonna do to Wi-Fi? Well, I think it'll take some time, but I think that that will have a much bigger impact on the population as a whole than a lot of the things that we've talked about so far. And the reason is because of the cost. Anything that is running in those unlicensed bands where the clients are built into every device or will eventually be built into every device that's being sold, even the inexpensive ones, Mm -hmm. right? That is going to have a much bigger impact on the cost of delivery per gigabyte of data than anything that you do with respect to, uh, you know, license bands and you know things that where the radio is only present in a high-end device, right? So, great example of that is you know the CBRS stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And so, if you think about you know the spectrum of gain bandwidth product, you could put you know the ultra high-speed Wi-Fi kind of here, short distance, right? Super throughput, reasonable cost is there. And then all the way over there, you could talk about like the really long range cellular stuff, you know, 4G, 5G for the long range at the lower frequencies and stuff like that. Yeah. Or the 900 megahertz, you know, stuff. Or 9, LoRa, 19, 20, you know, stuff like yeah. that. Lower yeah. bandwidth, you know, huge distances. So somewhere in between, you know, that's where we have some of this fun stuff like CBRS and this and that, right? But, you know, what happened there for the longest time is that people were kept on saying, well, yeah, this will become great as soon as we see the radios being everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. In our phones. But like the radios never ended up being everywhere, everywhere yeah. right? <laughs> They're not everywhere. They're in some of them. They're, They're just not turned on by default. And yeah. only in the very expensive phones. Oh, yeah. 
right? So you have to have like an $800,000, $900,000 phone to have this CBRS radio in. That's just not trackable. Who's that going to impact? It's going to impact a handful of people that can afford that, right? Or you need to have one of these, like, you know, like a, a, a router of some kind that's got that built in, right? You know, Cradle Point is a great example of that. There mm -hmm. are others, right? You know, which kind of fits that. And then you can convert that, right? Convert that to what? Wi -Fi. Wi-Fi. Why? Because that's what everything is. <laughs> Everything's got it. It's a lower cost per bit. Even if you're on a CBRS network, while it's not the traditional carrier, there's a new group of carriers and SaaS providers. Really? There's still a monthly recurring charge sure. that does not exist in Wi-Fi. Right. So, you know, when you're talking about, well, what will the six gigahertz stuff do? It's going to have, in my opinion, a much bigger impact because it's the cost is so much lower. So naturally, the adoption is going to be so much higher, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's obviously going to have, you know, a cleaner spectrum because there's less things in that at the moment. But I will say this. You It'll know, clean up 2.4 for sure. 2.4 will probably end up being IoT du jour. Probably. Not, um, not for the little bitty chatty things that LoRaWAN's yeah. working on, but as you get more data that's bigger packets bigger of packets, data, yeah, it's a lot more true. stuff, 2.4 gets, everybody leaves 2.4 and goes to 5 and 6. Sure. And then, I think a lot of that has already happened, right? So, you know, most of our laptops and things like that, they default to 5 these days, right? They so. default to 5, but there's still things where there's legacy applications that are out there. Um, I I've seen one recently where it was, uh, it's a bus yard, mm -hmm. public transportation, and they've got multiple radios on each bus for different functions. Most of them are 2.4. Think about what it would take to actually go and upgrade all those. That, there's a time lag, but 2.4, I think, eventually gets abandoned, mm -hmm. but you've still got to convince people, you got to change the stuff that you're using right now that you've got a sunk cost into, right? When you say abandoned, you mean abandoned by, you know, data-driven, like kind of like laptop-type devices that we have, right? Because obviously, it's never going to be abandoned by some of those other things, right? Right. Because it's, it's not going to happen. Right? Until it breaks market, and right? you have to get the new one, and whenever you get that new one... Well, and that assumes that that new one is using something other than 2.4, because it might be using 2.4 anyway, because it's unlicensed, right? Well, so, 5 is unlicensed. But you get and, shorter distance with 5. Right, you get lower penetration with five. If you're talking about a bunch of buses, right, mm -hmm. and they're doing uh, big Faraday cages, right, and they're doing relatively low bandwidth stuff, like why would you want to move five? That may actually be a disadvantage. If anything, mm -hmm. in that kind of an environment, you know what you might want to move to instead. You might want to go the other direction. You might actually be like, oh, you know what? We should change those buses, you know, from from 2.4. We should put them on two, 900 megahertz with LoRa or something like that, because I can get you know much more range with that. I don't need to send that much data, right? And I wouldn't need as many base stations and you know stuff like that. Maybe that's more resilient, right? So I'm not convinced that you know people will just abandon two four just because they will, right? I think that there's a pretty good use case for that. Right now it's case by case, but I see a lot of that because I work in Wi-Fi every day. I see a lot of people saying we have turned off all two dot four in our private enterprise network. But once again, that's for data-driven devices like your laptops and things yeah. like that. That I will agree, absolutely. I see that all the time too, right? You know, you're gonna do a Wi-Fi deploy, just turn off the 2.4. Why? Because there's all this other junk out there that's doing that, right? Yeah. It it's a real noisy yeah. spectrum. You've only got the three overlapping channels. You have a lot more that you can work on in five. Right. We got into the weeds on that one. Mm. But uh, 
you know, will we see that with six? That's what I, I question. Because honestly, at the moment, you know, five is, is kind of good enough for a lot of things, right? A lot of people are sort of okay with five, right? Um, will there be some kind of huge push to say, all right, well, we all need six, like desperately. I'm not sure about that. Because most people at the moment, they're kind of okay. Well, it's everybody believes that they need more bandwidth. That's the five G argument. But as you need more bandwidth, you need they more don't speed. Actually, need it. Right? But you I get mean, a short distance yeah. once you go up from five to six. Mm. Yeah. That spectrum goes up, distance goes down. Skin depth goes. Quota worse, gets covered yeah. quicker because you Absolute need more APs. More expensive, right? You, you know, need more APs, and it's not as common, so it's going to cost more per AP, right? So it's great for quota right. relief, but I, I don't know how good it is for the actual healer, right? So another great example about that kind of tendency is when you look at people, you know, in terms of like the, the drops going into these networks, right? Mm -hmm. This is actually exactly the same thing as the panel thing once again, right? So when we were talking about the panel, right? It's like, oh, there's too many breakers oversubscribe, it's gonna run away, right? So, you know, when you put the drop into this place, right? And you get, and you think to yourself, I've got, you know, all of these wireless access points and all these users, I need a one gigabit per second drop, or I need like a 10 gigabit per second drop, right? Or something like that, right? And you put like a little meter on there, you know, like some kind of border gateway, you know, like some mm -hmm. of the stuff that I work on, so whatever, right? And it's like, well, what's your sustained throughput on a 350 person apartment complex, 350 unit apartment complex? Yeah, like 200 megabits a second. <laughs> right? So it's like I pulled my, my one gigabit from this provider as my backup line, and I pulled my 10 gigabit from these two providers, and they each have a license for two, and I can go all the way up, and I'm using 200 megabits per second. Right? So it's like I need all of it, but like, you know, that's not actually what's happening. No, no, right? Yeah. So, you know, it's like, oh, yes, I want my six gigahertz Wi Fi because it's going to go faster, sort of. When are you going to use it? I don't know. Oh. I don't know. I've got gigabit at, at home, in yeah. theory. And, and, you know, once in a while, it's kind of cool. Okay, I can get my Windows ISO a little faster. No, yeah, yeah, only if I'm downloading or uploading stuff does it even come close to mattering to me. But it's still happening so fast that, you know, I do need to go and get a glass of water at some point. So yeah. click, go get my glass of water. and Yeah. Yeah. So you know, Come back it, it's, it's, it's not like there is no use case. There is, right? But I think by and large, people are a little, you know, out of their minds with respect to what they need. Or, you know, as we said, it's like a quota relief issue. Or it's like that the panel is actually a quota relief issue to some extent, right? Because some of those people they want to sell you the new panel, right? It's like, oh, you can't plug yeah. all that stuff in. That's the same argument, right? You, you can't have three hundred fifty. You got to keep people working though. Yeah, keep, keep the low voltage guys working and, and hooking up Ethernet and multiple drops and everything. If not, I mean, what are they going to do? It's true. And they'll be right there with all the kids that won't go work in restaurants right now. <laughs> I accidentally did that. I couldn't resist. That is odd, but I won't go there. Hey, man. <laughs> hey, man. That's, that's my addition to that. Hey, man. Switzerland. Switzerland, I'm, I'm, that's, I'm, that's awesome, that's for me. I got a lot of, I can say a lot of things, I'll just, hey man, I'll teach his own. Yeah, check out the comments section. Sure. So, 
from a game bandwidth product perspective, it you know, there's I think the at the end of the day, it's really don't get too wrapped around one technology. Look at your use case. Look at what you're doing. Don't fall. Under, understand your fundamentals. Yeah, that's what I would say. Principles and fundamentals. Right, understand sure. your fundamentals, right? which lead to your use case and what you're trying to accomplish, and do it in a way that makes sense. And if you're talking to the right people about this, it's probably going to impact your budget a little bit differently, right? Yeah, probably better. It's going to have a net benefit to you. Yeah. You'll make a wiser decision. Not everybody in this space is trying to just like cram in really expensive tech for the sake of doing it. And there are some people that are like trying to prevent people from screwing things up. Yeah. <laughs> so or that not everyone's bad, but it's like there are some there are some knuckleheads out there that really just care about the, their bottom line, and that's an unfortunate thing. So I, and you know, I guess what I should do one time is I is try to actually measure that. You know, what is the percentage? Because the the emotional feeling is, is that it's all those guys, right? It's all guys who are just there to go and leave quota. But I mean, obviously, that can't be true because no. if that was true, then we would not have a functioning society, well, yeah, right? Okay, but like, enough. you know, it, it just feels that way sometimes, right? Because they're so loud and the things that they do are so incredibly wrong, right? That it overshadows, you know, like the rest of us that. You know, trying to just do the right well, thing. Well, yeah, I just talked to, uh, there was a, a rail company that will remain unnamed, but they got some really terrible advice about deploying 5G in their rail yard <laughs> for communication <laughs> for their hand scanners. That's pretty terrible advice. It's awful. It's effing advice, the worst advice ever. I'm like, what? why would you do that? The scanners don't even have the antenna to pick up the signal. Why would you do that? Why because you it do relieves that? the quota because of the guy that sold it to him. That's why. Thought it was like I can get this guy is new and doesn't he'll just believe me and he'll buy the stuff. And it's like that's the worst thing you could possibly do in this. It does happen. Like there, it's to your point. I don't think it's a lot, but there are some. There's some. There's some buttheads out there. Mm-hmm. So. For sure. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it's best thing for that guy. Shop, shop around. Just shop around the solution. Find find people that won't do that to you. That's my point. Five G in the rail yard. Yeah, five G in the rail yard. All right. I want to know what the cost per gigabyte that's going to come out to if you go and you pull something. Like that. I don't even know if you could do it because of all the interference. It's like I mean, I, I'm sure you could do it, but I'm just still thinking that the cost per gigabyte of delivery on oh, that God. network I mean, yeah, over a five year to... period is going to be something astronomical. You could bounce signals with 5G, yeah. but still, it's it's going to be a really funky game of laser tag. Right. That's the yeah. That's what I mean, it's like the I, I don't know how you, how you do it. The expenses, the things moving around the rail yards and interrupting signals, and yeah. just it was it was it was a mess. It was, You're not talking like passenger cars and along the for yard, people to be able to uh, use. You're talking about like. In the yard for like where they're like the actual uh, train yard plus the actual passenger cars. Hmm. So people walking around with handheld scanners scanning stuff or tablets and they're doing maintenance on trains and Ma- it was a maintenance thing for the for the rail yard. Like the workers that are in the rail yard for doing like I don't know. I'm not like I'm not, I'm not a rail worker. I don't know. The trains come in. Stuff happens to them to make yeah. sure that you can continue to use them. Then the trains go out. Whatever that stuff is that you need like a an infrastructure of some kind in order to increase, like they were using mobile devices and scanning devices and they wanted to deploy 5G in that environment. Well, that's one of the things that, whether it's 5G, Wi-Fi, CBRS, anything in between, at the root of all that, that's maybe impacting some of the fundamental decisions is 
a lot of these organizations now are, they're buying 10, 12,000 tablets for their workforce. And they're, they've been gradually moving away from paper. Mm. And the only way to put your maintenance workers out there is they've got to be connected wirelessly. Right. So whoever comes in and has the best story is going to end up winning out with that. Who's going to make them feel good? Who's going to make them feel like productivity is increasing? I could do more things from a maintenance perspective with less labor and faster, better, less break fix to do, that mm -hmm. type of thing. So there is going to be a wireless solution in that. There has to be because it, does, it doesn't matter if it's oil and gas or if it's trains, planes, automobiles. Everybody's walking around with some kind of untethered device to do their job. Sure. Right. But again, like 5G is not the solution. Well, I mean, sometimes it is, just it not always. Not in that, <laughs> not train, not in that yard, train yard, right? I promise you, not in that train yard. In that train yard, it's probably a bit of overkill at, at a minimum. No, I wouldn't even use the word overkill. It's just complete nonsense, right? In that I was trying to be nice. Well, the devices don't even have the antenna to connect to the signal that they were using. So it's like, why, the, why are you putting 5G in there? Why don't you just, give, why don't you just put money in a bucket and light it on fire? That's, that's idiotic. Well, we do that quite a bit. Well, yes, again, we really squat. I mean, that's my whole point. It's like some people just they they have their minds focused on other things like making money instead of actually like helping with infrastructure. Setting money on fire. Right. It's just yeah, it's a better way to do things. That was my whole point. Yeah. No, I appreciate you trying to be nice to that guy, but I'm sure he was doing that for a reason. Yeah. So the the thing about the the five G. I have a daily quota of being nice twice a day. Okay. So I'm halfway there. All right. The thing about the 5G thing that I hope has finally died out is the, for a while, right, pretty much all the, the cellular manufacturers and, uh, of course, all of the carriers were basically touting 5G as being what you would use in your home, like as if you would the not fixed wireless have last mile. Yeah, like, and I'm just like, I'm so glad that it seems like the, the, the marketing of that has a, uh, has come to an end. It's really hard to find physics. Yeah. Because that was just complete nonsense, right? It's kind of like your, your train yard thing. It's like, oh, let's go take this run. It's just like, come on, guys. Like, are you serious? Are you actually trying to tell people that it's like, uh, it's if ridiculous. If I put a ultra wide band radio on a light pole on your typical suburban street, how many houses could Zero, I potentially? Because you would never get through the windows or, yeah. the, or, or the, uh, the, the, the wall. Zero. It would reach zero. And that radio would cost like $100,000 or something crazy like that. But that's that. just for the radio. It's just for the radio. Yeah. Yeah. You still got, that thing's got a back call that's somehow. Right. Nonsense that people were saying. Or actually, for all I know, they're still saying it, but it's just that I stopped paying attention to it because every time I heard that, I was laughing so hard at the people. That well, also, some, what they were sometimes that could be an executive team that's like, hey, where else could we use this technology? Someone's like in the home. It's like, great, I want a marketing campaign. What do we have the most of? Right, like we put it in the home. Great, we'll do a marketing campaign around that. And it's like no, none of the engineers were spoken to to be like, hey, is this even a thing? And it's like, no, it's a great well, marketing right, campaign, right. but it's not a thing. Can't mm -hmm. do it. This is exactly what we started with, right? It's like, oh, let's go move all of the executives away from the place where they make the planes. Oh, right. let's install executives that don't even have a STEM background. Ooh, airplanes yep. crash. I wonder why. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. That's a very valid point. The fundamentals, man. It's all I hope we don't get subpoenaed <laughs> for that. We'll just, we, can we just beep it? We'll just beep it out, right? We can do that? Does that work? Why? I have a little bit of an edge to it. But I still fly on Boeing's all the time. 
Well, not all the time now, the last year and a half, but. That's true. What, do you, what are we drinking here? What is this? Red Breast. Red Breast? It is Red Breast. Good old Irish whiskey? Yes. Irish whiskey. So I, before, I, you know, there's a little bit of background or stuff about us that I think is good to come out from time to time. You guys are gonna be on this a lot. So you, sir, yep. are a movie director and an actor when you're not a technologist. Um, yeah. Award-winning. Yes. True story. Uh, put me on the spot a little bit, but yes. yes. But thank well, you. you. You picked up the booze, so um, uh, let's yeah. talk about something else. Um, yes. Uh, the movie's called Thank You Five. It mm-hmm. is, uh, and it's uh, uh, about a theater production that struggles to opening night due to a narcissistic director and dysfunctional cast and crew. It's filmed all on location in Chicago uh, using all Chicago uh, talent um, and crew as well. Uh, co-written and directed by myself, my buddy Mike, uh, Mike Barnard, a very talented guy as well. And you're um, the narcissist director. I am unfortunately the narcissistic director and that I promise it's not what I'm like in real life, uh, but that is the character that I played in the film. Uh, but yeah, with the, uh, the dialogue of the film is all improvised, uh, minus the uh, script that was written for the theater production. Okay. Uh, Mike actually wrote a script uh, like every terrible dramatic trope you could toss into like a, to make a trashy play. Um, he basically <laughs> let, used that and then we improvised around that. The story was written. Um, the So it wasn't like we just got there and like hit roll camera and we're like, let's see what we get today. Like we had a, a very specific way of like trying to navigate through that. And then uh, to your point, yes, we just um, left a, a Sunnyside Up Film Fest in Oklahoma. Uh, we actually picked up uh, Best Picture uh, Award from the uh, festival director, a couple Best Actor Awards. Uh, Megan Murphy won Best Actress. Theo Capel won uh, Best Supporting Actor. Which one was uh, he? Theo plays uh, the character of Warren. Megan plays the character of Alex. She's the uh, lead. She's the lead female. Okay. And then uh, uh, Theo is absolutely hilarious, and he's been um, he's been noted a couple times for like if you've watched the film, it's like who is this guy? He's incredible. That's always Theo. It's like Theo, and then uh, uh, Jason Amblo is the other guy that everyone's like oh, that guy's hilarious. So, um, but yeah, we just uh, did that. We picked up Best Ensemble as well. Uh, at that fast, we uh, won Best Ensemble at Woods Hole up in Massachusetts, uh, which was incredibly uh, humbling considering the films that were uh, screening there. We also picked up uh, another Best Picture Award at um, Red, De- uh, Red Dirt Film Fest, also in Oklahoma. Who knew? Apparently, we knew <laughs> Oklahoma loves our films, apparently. <laughs> um, so there was that, and then we, um, I'm forgetting some other things because I did not come prepared. Did you win something in California or? Um, we or did they not care in California? We did not. Um, no, we did not win it. I don't. Sorry, we about were that. an official selection in Coronado Island Film Fest, which is an awesome film festival. But okay. We, I was hoping to be able to go, but this was unfortunately all during COVID. So we we only went to the one festival, which was Red Dirt, at the beginning before COVID outbreak, and then at the end, uh, well, end um, towards uh, when some of the states are opening up, Oklahoma did one in person again. So the only two film fests I've been to were in Oklahoma in person. So everything else has been remote. So Very try cool. to, yeah, try to support uh, the film world as much as we can. The indie film world is so incredibly valuable, but yeah. um, it, it oftentimes it gets overshadowed for like really popular Netflix shows and other things. But there's some really awesome voices out there and some really great films. So I appreciate you even bringing it up. Man. Yeah, very well, congratulations. Thank you very much. Sounds awesome. I, Thank you. I got to watch it. and. And it was great. Thank you. Thank you. So, you have anything interesting going on? 
Me? Yeah. Well, I always. always. Have you hacked anything hacking, recently? Hacking your BMW or oh, Tesla? Too right? many the stories. Tesla too too yeah. many stories. Yeah. So uh, you know, the more recent one has been the, you know, screwing around with the autopilot, of course, on the on the Tesla's, right? Seeing how far you can push that, you know, screwing around with the. How far did you push? I was. Just, <laughs> I mean, that's. I was like, do I want to ask how far he actually? <laughs> I, I want to know. Yeah. I, you know, the, the the autopilot systems they uh, they're not really autopilot as you know. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's just a assisted driving, right there. And uh, one of the things that I was fooling around with was, well, okay, if it's if it's assisted driving, right? How uh, how can you make it so that you would want to uh, use this in a world where where it's a uh, like kind of trying to help you, you know what I mean? Instead of what you sort of expected to do, which is to kind of like just drive by itself, mm -hmm. right? And so I started uh, trying to think about, well, you know, what could we install in the car and things like that? And I came up with a, a few, you know, neat little things, right? So one of them was uh, if you could put uh, something in the car where you'd have the other people that were in it mm -hmm. kind of uh, be able to help sort of be an assistant driver other than a driver because the whole thing is you're intentionally making backseat drivers yeah maybe i shouldn't be doing this as you say that's where I'm, that's kind of where my head went i'm like <laughs> yeah. this is because i'm having you know, a hard enough all, time with that I, with my like my six-year-old yells at me <laughs> what to do i mean if you think about it right the entire car can drive itself without a driver there right, right. so that means that all the signals that go you can drive the car you can just do it from a tablet hmm. right and so, or anything, right, for that matter. So that means that if you just mounted tablets, you know, what if you could have that as being, you know, driver assistance? What if you could have it so you could essentially pass off? You see what I'm saying? Uh, like the, the responsibility yeah. of driver assistance without having to have to stop the car and have people Interesting. switch, you know? So that's what I, one of the things that I was fooling around with. It hasn't gotten quite that far yet, but I think that that might be a, might be one of my, my summer projects for uh, for weird things I'm going That's to right, yeah. <laughs> So if you're behind the wheel and you get tired, whoever's in the rear passenger seat, you could just say, hey, take over. Yeah, I might close know, my you, eyes for a bit. Yeah. That's great for Uber. Pass control. Just pick, right, just pick somebody control. up and you're like, yeah, you drive. And just like cross arms and knock out. <laughs> Where are you going? I You, you choose. You, Go. You choose. It's all yours, man. That's funny. Um, okay. Well, I had a little bit of red breast gaming bandwidth product congratulations again on the thanks, movie man. thanks and so summer project is drive from anywhere in the car well without pass control pass, pass control, control. Pass control. Pass control. Okay. that's kind of one, one of the things that i think i want to i want to mess with <laughs> okay i i can't wait to hear about that well maybe test test that in a closed location like a <laughs> <laughs> away from people Probably a good thing to do. Yeah. We done? All right, let's do it. Cheers, guys. Thanks, man. Good to see you again. Thanks for having me. Yep. <laughs>